It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. The Wednesday edition of Locked On Rams. Awesome show for you guys today. As we mentioned yesterday, the combine is underway and rolling. And we heard from Sean McVay today, so we're going to go over some of the things that he discussed. He wasn't there for long, but gave us some good information that we're going to break down and talk about a little bit, as well as kind of checking in, as I mentioned earlier in the week, about some of those players we haven't heard about in a while. Uh, That goes for the likes of Joe Noteboom, Micah Kaiser, and we're going to kind of check in on them, their health, and kind of how they could fit into this 2020 roster, and even as we start to think about free agency and the draft, where they fit in for those plans in 2020, and how they might take off some pressure on some of the things that we have issues with as far as the cap space and as far as the limited draft picks. So uh, we'll get to all that and kind of get an update on how those guys are doing as well. Tomorrow, we got Jake Ellenbogen on the show, and we're going to look to potentially, if not tomorrow, maybe on our Monday episode, get back to our Mock Draft Mondays, uh, go through a live Mock Draft, and not pick the same guys we picked last time. Rule number one, you have to pick something different than we did the first time, and kind of get a different look of how that board can break down, depending on the different ways you go in those rounds two through seven. So uh, that's going to be exciting and some good content. And then coming up, we're also going to get some of the hosts from our Locked On NCAA podcast. And we're going to start to pick their brains on some of these guys that we have drafted in some of our mock drafts. We've had a couple where we've had Michigan guys on. We've got Alabama guys out there, Auburn guys out there. So we're going to get the guys from our Locked On NCAA channel on here. And we're going to start to hear from directly from a source, these guys that have been covering them through their college career and hear what they have to say about some of the talent and maybe some guys that we don't know about that might fall into those later rounds, four, five, six, seven, where the Rams have done really well over the past couple of years and just hear about some of the prospects that are out there that the Rams fans might want to know about. So have some really good stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks as we get some guests on the show here and start talking some football outside the realm of the Rams world as well as kind of focusing in on this draft. So awesome stuff coming up. Don't forget to go give us a follow on social media, LA underscore Rambling Bear and Lockdown Rams, all accounts iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, anywhere where you listen to a podcast, we are there. Hit the five-star review, hit the subscribe button, leave a review if you're feeling it. We always appreciate hearing from you guys, and any feedback is appreciated. But a full episode of awesome stuff. So with that, let's just jump right into it. With Sean McVay only hanging around for one day, here are a few takeaways from his time at the Combine. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams, and this is your lead story. Short and quick. That's what the Rams' representation of the 2020 Combine was. But for only being around for one day, a lot of information came out from Sean McVay with all of his press duties today. So we're going to cover some of that and look at some of the key points that came out from his conversations today. And really, the big question starts with, why are you only at the Combine for one day? And and looking at that as kind of taking a different approach than other coaches have done. Here's Sean McVay kind of answering that question and talking about the process of getting to that and why they are going to be in Indianapolis for just a day. 
Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting, you know, situation that presented itself this year, Gary, where we've got great continuity in a lot of spots on our coaching staff, and we have two new coordinators on offense, defense, and special teams. And so what we what I'm going to – I'm not going to be here the whole week. Uh, I'm going to be leaving, you know, pretty shortly. And, and what it looks like is Les and his group do a great job with the vetting process, and then our position coaches have a great feel of, okay, what do we want to do? What are the things that we want to get out of the combine? So being able to empower them and then feeling like, let's get back to L.A., still be able to study, you know, the film, which is the most important part of the evaluation, trusting some of the vetting on the backgrounds with these guys, and then being able to kind of continue to get a jump on some of the schemes uh, that we'll implement specific to the offense and defense. So that's really what went into it. Um, if it was a bunch of turnover, uh, then I think you'd say, all right, well, we can get a lot of this stuff done out here. But because of the continuity at the position coaches, we just felt like that was the best uh, approach and the most efficient way to utilize the week. So really for McVay, he's talking about trusting in less need in those position group coaches to kind of evaluate the talent. And that going back to L.A. and working with these new coordinators will really kind of have a longer term effect as far as what they can get done and ready in preparation for that 2020 season. Again, this stuff is on film everywhere. They can review some of the things that are happening at the Combine and not necessarily have to be in Indianapolis. And he really said that kind of following this quote, said there's a lot of really good things to gain, and I still think we can get all the things this week entails out of it without necessarily having to be present for all of it. He went on to say, and then you have to look at, okay, what do we gain with being back there with Kevin and Brandon and be able to go through some of the things that we're looking for as far as continuing to evaluate and do our own due diligence with the draft process, but then also start to have that vision for, okay, this is what we want to be able to do and how do our players fit into that because it's always about adjusting, adapting to your players and where we're going to get through is just kind of a natural cycle of the offseason. So looking at that, you know, really it's kind of also putting in the scheme and the things of how this offense and defense wants to be different next year, kind of keeping in some of those same components, but you got to think about the free agency as well as evaluating, as he talked about earlier, the film of these games, not necessarily what's happening at the combine, but what these players have put on tape is also extremely important. And really, again, just as we mentioned earlier, trusting in less need. He has been a part of this draft process since McVay has gotten here, even before, and he's done a really great job in evaluating talent as well as those position coaches. So he is leaning on just kind of how you see him bringing in this new offensive coordinator, going to be leaning on some guys to do their job and also kind of bring what they're best at. And that is evaluating talent and getting everyone ready for the draft and allowing him to go do some coaching responsibility with the new coordinators and kind of growing that way as well. So an interesting take there is Sean McVay only around for a day. He mentioned after this media stuff, he was most likely getting on a plane and heading back to L.A. So in and out for Sean McVay at the 2020 Combine. Some of the other stuff we heard from Sean McVay was talking about some of the key players from last year's roster. He did mention Littleton and Fowler as far as they would love to have them around for another year. But he understands the business as far as the money and what they can really do. Uh, so look for them to kind of make one of those guys a priority. And then Whitworth kind of mentioned him coming back, that the Rams have extreme interest in bringing him back, whether that's for a one- or two-year deal, most likely a one-year deal, that Andrew Whitworth also has interest in them. So trying to get that deal done is going to be a priority in the offseason for the Rams. And then one of the other things I saw in one of his other conversations was about Jared Goff. People asking, even in this offseason, there's talks about him restructuring his contract. There's been people ready to trade Jared Goff and look to go and start a different direction. Here's Sean McVay's thoughts of where they're at with Jared Goff, his comfort level with him, and kind of the plans kind of moving forward. Did 
Jared Goff regress last year? Because there's a perception out there that he did, um, and he didn't play as well. Did yeah. he regress? What I think what happened is is our offense regressed. But then what I am really, you know, I feel good about is if you look at the last, you know, third of the season, those last five games, he played his best ball, and I think that coincided with our offense having good production, where you're scoring up in the 30 point range, and you know, you're seeing production that's more consistent to what we had seen in years past. And so, what I love the most about what last year did is it was a great learning opportunity, but for him, you saw him respond from some adversity, play best uh, down the stretch, and I think that's where he can draw a lot of confidence. I know I certainly have a lot of confidence in him as we move forward, and now having three years of experience together, uh, we'll be able to use all of that information as ways to say, all right, let's make year four our best one yet. So if you ask me, Coach is still high on QB1, which is a good sign for the Rams, and really something we kind of had understood along the way. A lot of stuff from outside media kind of start stirring the pot as Jared Goff had really his first down year as a full-time starter here in Los Angeles. Uh, but he also mentioned Tyler Higby and the excitement that he had in Tyler Higby, and that they kind of went hand-in-hand hand as Jared Goff finished those last five games on fire for Los Angeles. It was the same thing for Tyler Higby, and he expects him to come back into 2020 and have a huge role going into next season. So again, that might open up the door for moving Gerald Everett, drafting another tight end, or sticking with those guys and, and trying to work out that one-two punch and figuring out how those guys can work together. But exciting things coming for Sean McVay, Jared Goff, Tyler Higby in this offense. And of course, uh, Todd Gurley. It was another thing that he talked about at the press conference and basically mentioned that they have not had the meeting that uh, was leaked out a few weeks ago uh, that he plans to sit with Todd Gurley and talk about, you know, evaluating 2019 and finding a way and a quote-unquote plan to get him on in this offseason. He said something that they've really been doing since he's got here, but because of the recent injuries that has kind of gotten blown out to a bigger deal, but this is something that they typically do, and he's going to get back because getting back to the run game, as we mentioned on yesterday's show, is really important especially with Kevin O'Connell now involved in the offense, trying to keep them on track. He mentioned 18 to 20 touches for Todd Gurley is around what he wants to see for him uh, coming into next year. And as covering the Rams, that is something we would totally support. Todd Gurley getting him the ball as much as possible only means good things for this offense. But we got to get a few more things fixed up on that offensive line as he mentioned that offense took a step back as a whole. And once they started to have some continuity on that offensive line, Jared Goff, the tight ends, that the running game is going to kind of come with that naturally. So we'll see how it shakes out. But Sean McVay in and out in Indianapolis, and he's heading back to L.A. as we speak. So off and running on the Wednesday edition. Uh, great stuff from Sean McVay. He was only there for a little bit, but we got a lot of good stuff. I actually have a few other things I'm going to talk about throughout the week and maybe next week as well. Uh, some of the stuff that was taken away from today. But up next, we're going to be talking about a few of these guys, Micah Kaiser and Joe Noteboom, to be exact about where they're fitting in on this 2020 roster as we look ahead to a couple guys getting healthy and getting back on the roster. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. 
Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. Lockdown Rams, your team every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are back and here on our second segment, and we are taking a look at our roster at some of the guys that we haven't talked a lot about. Yes, we've gone into depth about Corey Littleton and Dante Fowler. What are we going to do about them? We got to pick and choose. We've talked about Andrew Whitworth and what he'll mean coming back to this offensive line, but we haven't taken a look at some of these guys that, again, have kind of fallen through the cracks because they got injured early last year and they basically have been rehabbing. But thanks to our friend over at the Rams, Serena Morales, team reporter, he's just been doing some interviews with some of these guys and going through some questions. In fact, she calls it 10 things with Micah Kaiser. And then again, 10 things with Joe Noteboom. She published these on the Rams.com. So go check out the rest of it because it also talking about football and what they mean coming back to the Rams, but also looking at some more of the personal side of these guys, getting to know them more on a personal level. And you know, Serena, she is always a hoot when it comes to asking questions and really communicating. So uh, she had some fun ones talking with these guys as well. And in fact, we'll start with Micah Kaiser on that defense side of the ball. You know, the Rams have really struggled looking at that depth at that interior linebacker slot last year. It was kind of a rotating slot. It started with, uh, obviously, Micah Kaiser looking to go right next to Corey Littleton there. And then after the injury, it was Bryce Hager who kind of stepped up there. Then Bryce got hurt. Then it was Troy Reeder. That didn't seem to work out as well. We saw uh, Traven Howard there. We saw Kenny Young, the trade for Kenny Young. He really never got action in getting in there and having a crack at it. But moving into next season, that might be a guy you want to keep an eye on as far as potential opportunity there. But man, are we excited to see Micah Kaiser back. This will be his third year in Los Angeles. And really, if you remember him coming out of the draft uh, a handful of years ago, he was one of the few guys out of the ACC that had put up amazing numbers when it came to tackling. This guy's a tackle monster. Another thing to get excited about him is he's a smart football player. Remember back in 2017, coming out of college, he won the Campbell Trophy Award, which is recognized as the academic Heisman. His football IQ is also something you want to get really excited about working next to a guy like Corey Littleton, who we've seen on the field to kind of be able to read plays as they were going down. That's what's helped him got there uh, with his length and pick up some of those tackles. So really excited about Kaiser coming back. And Serena hit him right off the bat, and she said, in the only way that she could, your pecs okay? Remember, he left early in that offseason with a torn pec. 
And he said, quote, yeah, I'm really healthy. The injury rate in football is 100%, so you know you're going to get hurt. I'm just glad I got it out of the way early in my career. She followed up with talking about what's the big difference going into year three for you. He said, quote, right now I feel like I know what it takes just watching and being around a lot of great pros, being able to be around Corey Littleton and just seeing his movement on the field and how he plays, being able to be around Eric Weddle for a year and just seeing his mental approach to the game. Right now, stuff is slowing down. You can pick up the little specific things to focus on instead of having such a wide view of the game you can focus more on the little intricacies and the little details so that's where i'm at right now gotta love those two answers one he says he's healthy understand that the football world and playing football injuries are gonna come so he didn't get down by that he is healthy he is ready to get back into the workout room with everybody as well as taking these big steps you don't realize how some of these mental reps on the sidelines can be beneficial for some of these young guys looking at how the quarterback position used to be drafted and kind of what Jared Goff went through, even though it was Case Keenum in front of him, but drafting a guy, letting him sit behind somebody and learn the game, take those mental reps from the side, see the things slow down. Even though Micah's was more on an injury related thing, instead of kind of, you know, slumping over and being upset about it, he sat there. And like he said, he learned from some of the best watching Corey Littleton, watching Eric Weddle and seeing his mental approach to the game. That's a big aspect of kind of getting ready. So now the body's healthy. He's really been able to work that mind. This is a smart football player like we mentioned earlier. So kind of putting those things together gets me really excited about Micah Kaiser because as we went back to that interior linebacker position, it was Corey Littleton and then a rotation of guys that didn't really work out so well. And yes, we're not really sure what Micah Kaiser is going to bring back, but watching some of his old college film, understanding that he's been around this team, that he's had this time to kind of gel and learn some of these guys. Yes, not so much on the field, but there are some high expectations that maybe as the Rams are looking through the draft that looking at an interior linebacker position maybe is something they still need to do because again, an injury from one of those guys and all of a sudden we're back in that same position. Uh, But maybe it's not as high of a need on that list that maybe we can go interior defense alignment as we talked about trying to find somebody to go with Aaron Donald or even going more on the offense side of the ball at the O-line. Having guys like this come back are really going to add to the flexibility of what the Rams roster can be in 2020. So really excited about Micah Kaiser and what he can bring. And again, this article was really fun kind of going back and reading about him and his family, where they come from, the type of personality that he really got from them. Uh, Has a little bit of a musical background, if you didn't know. Uh, as well as he kind of chimes in on uh, one of those topics that was going around the internet about, uh, you know, the airplane seat rule. So maybe check in and see what his thoughts are on that. And uh, I think he's kind of where I'm at on that. You know, if you're tall and I lean back on you, too bad. Pay for first class. Okay, figure it out. But I think at the end of the day, the biggest thing for the Rams is getting a guy like this healthy. He was drafted in the fifth round, but at that time, I remember being really excited because it seemed like a steal, a guy that we were, I was kind of waiting for them to look at maybe in the third or fourth round of that year's draft, and he kept kind of sliding down that board. They were able to get him in the fifth round. So being able to kind of what we've talked about, Les Snead and the Rams, that what they're really good at is finding some of those gems in the second, third day of the draft, fourth, fifth, sixth round. But now we get to see, hopefully, if he can stay healthy, getting him back on the field because, again, as I circled it a couple times, that second slot of the interior linebacker was kind of a mess last year and kind of solidifying that with, of course, what we know in the secondary of Jalen Ramsey, Troy Hill, getting John Johnson back, Taylor Rapp, and then Aaron Donald up front with a couple guys maybe new on the edge or Clay Matthews and addition to. Uh, so 
this defense, again, starts to look really scary when you're getting into that 2020 year. Something that last year they, as J.B. Long said in his interview yesterday, had some really great moments and some dominating moments. And then a few games that just left us scratching our head. And as far as where did that defense come from when they gave up big points and let up some of those big rushing games on them. So just finding some consistency on that defense is going to be huge. But I think really with getting a guy like Micah Kaiser back is going to help bring some of that stability at that linebacker position. Again, if we lose Littleton, then we might be starting from scratch here. And now we're really looking for somebody else to bring some experience there. But putting him next to a guy like Littleton, I think Micah Kaiser would be perfect as far as continuing to learn from Littleton and being a guy that could be an impact player really from week one, getting out there and just being a tackle monster, helping in the run game, as well as something we haven't seen with him is in the passing game. So uh, a strength for Littleton, maybe Micah Kaiser can come in and help on that run defense and learn and improve from working with a guy like Corey Littleton. But we got to sign Corey Littleton first, so uh, that is all just kind of my mind putting it together. We have to see what Les Snead and that organization are going to do as far as getting these guys signed and putting a roster out there. So coming up next, we're going to jump over to the other side of the ball. We're going to talk offense. We're going to talk about Joe Noteboom. We're going to kind of revisit Serena Morales' 10 things with Joe Noteboom, check in on his health, and see what that could mean moving into this offensive line into the 2020 season. So we'll be right back more on Wednesday's Lockdown Rams, your team every day, only on Lockdown Podcast Network. Okay, so the offensive side of the ball is something that is under a lot more question, right? These guys working together last year was a mixed bag. I mean, we talked about the interior linebacker position, but talking about this offensive line, it was even more crazy. We've discussed it here on the show as far as a couple years ago. It was every single player started the same position. And then last year, it was like nine different guys started at different positions on the offensive line. And things started to come together near the end as we started to see uh, those last five weeks as we've heard from Sean McVay talk about Jared Goff and how he's really excelled in those last five weeks. And that that was what kind of our offense looked like once we had some stability. Of course, uh, Andrew Whitworth, will he come back? Big question. Austin Corbett, is he a plug-in at left guard or Joe Noteboom, who we're about to talk to, will he come back and get that slot at left guard? What are we doing at center? Austin Blythe is a free agent. He's talked about openly about going and testing the market, which I think is pretty obvious at this point. If you're a free agent, why not go and see what your market is there? And probably for the Rams, they might want him to go do that anyway so that he comes back and they kind of go, well, now you know. So here's what you're going to be offered with this offense, with this team. Remember also about Austin Blythe. He was drafted by the Colts as a center. He moved over to right guard when he came with the Rams. He finished the year back at center. So that's going to be the other conversation. Where would you go? How would you fit in with this roster? We got Brian Allen, who was drafted in the same draft as Joe Nopum as far as replacing at center. He had not so good of a go at it last year until he was, you know, season-ending injury. And that's when we saw Austin Blythe step in. And then obviously at right tackle, we had Rob Havenstein, but Bobby Evans came in there late in the season and kind of filled in in a good way there. And then David Edwards as well at right guard. So uh, the interesting thing is, one, where does Joe Nopum fit back? But we'll start with his health. And Serena asked him in this article right out the gate, just like last time. She said, what's the update, Joe? How's your knee? 
Joe said, quote, I think we're about eight weeks from surgery. Haven't started running yet or anything like that. Just trying to get the quad strengthened up and figure out walking. I think in about four weeks, we're going to start jogging and stuff like that on the field. Again, keep in mind, this was posted back on January 29th. So here we are a month removed from that. So we'll see potentially if we get another update here soon about him starting to run, starting to get conditioned. He may be a little bit behind from where you would want him to be, and that would maybe go into the consideration. Again, I think the Rams understand they need some help on that offensive line and drafting a guy maybe at that 52nd pick in that second round or in that third round, somewhere early in the top, because it is a deep draft when it comes to offense alignment. But I was watching the draft network today, and they kind of talked about, hey, once you get through those first seven guys, there is a drop-off where it goes. And yes, you still don't know what these guys are going to be when they get into the league. But if you have a chance to get kind of get that first-tier offense alignment, and of course, you're not going to get those first-rounder guys that you know are going to be top 10 picks that we've seen kind of being projected out there. The Rams aren't going to be able to get up and get there. But if they can get somebody that kind of has that top-end talent but still sitting there in the second round, you think it might be important because you don't know how Joe Noteboom is going to come back. But what will he really be like when he comes back? How much pressure can he put on that knee? How long until he is 100% go? The outline from what the Rams have said previously is to get him back for camp. Again, just like Todd Gurley and some of these guys, they will have a plan set forth for him because they don't want to hurt him in the process of getting ready for the season. Uh, But we'll learn a lot as we get closer with where he fits in and what the Rams want to do as far as dressing that line. We talked about it earlier. The Rams don't really have the quote-unquote depth problem right now, but they may have a top-end talent problem. There are a bunch of guys that we saw come in Uh, young guys, as I mentioned with David Edwards and Bobby Evans that came in and were able to kind of bring some stability once they found a home on that offensive line and moving Blythe over really helped. So uh, there's just so many questions with how to put it back together and where guys like Joe Noteboom fit in compared to a guy like Austin Corbett that struggled at the beginning. Of course, he was just thrown into a brand new system coming over from Cleveland, but started to kind of figure it out near the end of the year. Uh, and and really, you know, with a full offseason, is Corbett going to take that next step and, and kind of put Joe Noteboom in his dust? Or does Joe come back? And really, that was the Rams' general thought when they drafted him was, hey, you know, more of taking on that left tackle position for Andrew Whitworth. But if he sticks around another year, again, where do we put him? Is this a learning year for him where he sits back and, and kind of fills a hole if someone gets hurt? So many ways to look at this offensive line. Serena went on to ask him, What has the healing process taught you? Joe said, quote, I've never really taken walking for granted, but now I do. Health and eating well and getting your body right. I've always thought it was important, but now, even more than ever, I never want to get hurt again because this sucks. And one of the last questions that Serena asked him was, what's your biggest fear? He said, the fear of failure on the field. Definitely just not living up to my potential on the field. These are interesting answers from him. He had to sit there and struggle just like some of these other guys we talked about coming off injury and how they handle it moving forward is not only a physical thing. You have to think about this mental thing. And from listening in on Micah Kaiser, I think he has got the 100% right attitude and he's ready to attack this coming back. I do have a little question of Joe and and kind of his fear of failure. And does that motivate him or does that leave a weakness in him to where if something doesn't go right, he starts to you know get worried and panic and starts thinking more inside of his head than what he's actually doing on the field. Again, this is just me evaluating and reading from an article and giving my thoughts. So maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe this is something that where that fear does motivate him to get ready, to study, to rehab, to get back to full shape, 
go and take his job back and be an offensive lineman in this league for a long time. So those are still questions we'll have to keep an eye on as Joe Nobum continues to get healthy, try to get back to where he can be running and get back with the team and experience some of those practices and walkthroughs. And as you have those OTAs and training camp, where is he going to be at that point? But there's going to be a lot of guys on that offense line fighting for those five positions. Plus, you got to imagine, as we talked earlier, uh, the Rams are going to be drafting at this position as well. Maybe there's a veteran that wants to come, just like Andrew did a few years ago, come out here, get a position, take a little bit of a cheaper contract just to be in L.A. to have an opportunity to work with all these offensive weapons we have and Sean McVay. So there may even be more guys coming into the building as far as competition. This is going to be a big year for Joe Noteboom as he gets healthy, trying to get his spot back, which was at the time left guard. He played well in the few games that he was there before he got injured. But I don't think there's any loyalty on that offensive line outside of Andrew Whitworth. I think every single slot is open and up for grabs. Andrew Cromer is going to be cross-training these guys. So even if it's not left guard, is there a better opportunity for either Joe or one of these other guys at the right guard? Everything should be open as we look at it right now. But that will be probably the number one competition in camp is going to be that offensive line and who can get up there Grab a spot, and not only grab a spot, but hold on to it because staying healthy is extremely important. We saw that last year. So, so many great things uh, to continue to talk about here on this offense line. I wanted to kind of highlight those two guys because we haven't heard from them in a long time on how they're doing. Sounds like both are advancing. Micah Kaiser a little bit further. Obviously, you got to remember that he got injured a little bit earlier. Joe Nopum actually participated in the 2019 season, was on the field. So uh, he's a little behind the process right now, but getting ready, strengthening every day, and hopefully coming back because that offensive line needs somebody like him. And if he can come back and be healthy, contribute, and be someone we can count on. This offense, as we mentioned in the very first segment, you heard it from Sean McVay's mouth directly, is that they struggled a little bit. But once they kind of had some continuity, Jared Goff started to get going, and that's when this offense can be dangerous again. So this offense isn't far away from getting back to where it was in 2018. That front line and health is going to be a big part of it. So tomorrow we are going to have Jake Ellenbogen on. We're going to kind of talk a little bit more about this, look at some of those draft prospects at that offensive line, at that interior linebacker, and kind of talk about where this roster is moving forward and a little bit more about the combine and, and the trust in Les Neat. So we've got a great show coming up for you guys tomorrow. But with that, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Peace. Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.